This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get 30 free days and a free audiobook by signing up through our link, audibletrial.com slash issues. It's the perfect thing to listen to while wandering through Westworld, looking for Waterworld, the water park located inside Westworld, where they have Kevin Costner dressed in a cowboy outfit, taking you down rides called the Geronimo, the straight-ahead water slide, the, the twisty horseshoe, and all sorts of other things. So make sure you sign up for that Audible free trial at audibletrial.com slash issues so you can listen to that amazing audiobook that you want to listen to while walking through the crazy park of West, Westworld. I was just going to say Westerworld. I don't know what the fuck Westerworld is. But it can't be any crazier than Westworld, so let's get into this recap for episode four. Hope you guys enjoy the show, and thank you for all the support. Welcome back, everyone, to Phil's Recap and Review. Westworld, season one, episode four, Dissonance Theory. And wow, it is so excellent to be back here, sitting here, talking to you guys about some Westworld. Wow. If this is your first time joining us, please jump in the live chat if you happen to be joining us live. Or if you're watching this later, please share your thoughts in the comment section below. If you're listening to the podcast, please find us on Facebook, Google Plus on the main group, Phil, Friends of the Phil the Issues Guy. Or on Discord or live on YouTube, fill the issues guy and share your comments and thoughts on this season of Westeros so far. I keep waiting for this show to disappoint me and I don't know why I'm thinking that way. It's a very negative way of thinking. But I keep going into each episode going, they can't top it again. They can't make me like this episode even more than the previous one. Because so far, I liked episode one a good amount. I'd say about a quarter butthole. I mean, I really liked it. I thought it had some serious potential, but I thought it could go into some bad directions. Episode two got me more excited and more confident, but I still felt a little something. I wasn't sure what it was. A little bit of, are they going to be able to tell a story here? And then episode three kicks in, and we start to really get into the story, follow a couple of main characters, and follow the workings of the park, learn more about Ford's motivations and things like that. And then this fucking week, holy shit, we really start to get into the story of the hosts starting to discover their identity, things that were going on with with uh, Dolores and things that were going on and with Maeve in this episode were incredible. We got some amazing reveals about the man in, man in black and what his real, who he really is possibly. We get, holy shit, Anthony Hopkins being evil as fuck and you questioning the whole thing. Wow. I watched this episode last night right before I went to bed and it's still fresh inside me. Oh, it's still hot and... Thick inside of me right now, but I can't wait to watch the episode again, and I just wanted to get out here while it was still fresh before I had more time to explore it and look into it, but we're going to get all into this episode, most of what happened into it, and talk all about Westworld and where it can go from here. It can just keep going up. What the hell is going to happen with this Westworld? More questions were asked after this episode. I'm super excited, but I am not alone. I might be out here talking alone, I might be a talking head, but I have with me some of the best people in the fucking world, some of my best friends that happen to be joining me live, I can see them out of my peripheral vision right now, I never announce when I'm coming out for these Westworld podcasts because they're, they're kind of about fitting in the time, but I still am lucky enough to have some of the best folks in the world, the motherfucking chat is here with me at this early hour on the East Coast, 
in the United States to talk about this freaking show. We got Alicia, we got Zachary motherfucking Kogan. We got Kogan in the live chat. Love you, brother. Great to see you. We got Leslie. Make the mistake of watching Westworld immediately after The Walking Dead. Not recommended. Definitely not. Arnold was mentioned by the man in black. Does that conclude that there's a connection between those two characters? Thank you for asking that question right off the bat. It must. It must. And then we already saw, and not to get too far ahead, we see in previews for next week that there's going to be a scene with Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins' character. We're going to see the man in black and Ford interact. So next week... Maybe they might be fooling me with previews, but it seems like next week Dolores is really starting to uncover the uncover everything, and we're going to see even more about Ford's motivations. But I think he has to have something. Maybe he knew him out of the on the outside. Maybe he was tasked with Arnold has has communicated with him through the park on one level and convinced him that he needs him to finish up whatever he was trying to do. Maybe. Arnold was the was the cue or somehow the man in black found some sort of evidence on when he goes to the maze that that cues the hard mode of this game or something like that. We also got some interesting things about our Dick character, that guy Tyler. Could he be the person that's already in the park that Ford was talking about when he was talking to Teresa about someone's already in the park from the company, don't you know? And then we get a line from Tyler earlier in the episode about how... He, his company is going to put more money into this park. A lot of gaming moments, too, especially with Tyler, about I leveled up my weapon. <laughs> Master and using, and you can have this. Like, he's picking up the Zelda sword. Like, he picked up the other gun. And, he's like, and then some of the other stuff about working experience. A lot of more video game references. Don't fuck with me on how I choose to play my game. There's nothing worse. I think we all maybe have done it. We're playing Grand Theft Auto. We're playing... Uh, Kotar, we're playing whatever game allows you to fable even, allows you to make these evil decisions, and there's someone watching you, how could you do that? Don't judge me for how I play my holodeck program. We also had a couple more amazing moments with with Dolores having these data moments from Star Trek and discovering and verbalizing things in a very data way, but it also begs the question, those talks with Bernard, when the fuck are those happening? Are those happening in reality? Are those in her mind, in a way of her mind accepting what's happening to her? Why she have her clothes on in those shots when all the other hosts, when they're talking to Bernard, are naked? Is Bernard really having that conversation with her? Are those memories that she's having, like other memories that she's had? Or, I just snorted when I breathed in, that was funny. (laughs) Oh my god, that Dolores is hot. (laughs) Sorry to everyone in the audio podcast, it probably won't be as noticeable in the visual podcast. Holy shit. Great to see everyone. Let me jump in the chat. Arnold was mentioned. I feel uh, I made the mistake of watching that. Okay. The Men in Black is going to meet up with Ford next week, so it looks like in the trailer. Yes, exactly, Josh. Uh, Certainly, Arnold will be mentioned. Do you know how long the series is planned on running? Zach, good question. The creators of the series have said that they have five seasons in mind. So whether HBO gives them their five seasons and maybe if HBO... uh, Depending on how much this show costs versus how much it is making them back... Because HBO isn't afraid to cancel critically acclaimed amazing shows that just aren't getting the ratings. Look at something like Rome. I I wasn't the greatest fan of Rome, but I understand that it had a built-in audience and that people love that show. And that's considered one of the greatest never-finished shows ever. And HBO is has done that. But then they do things like The Wire. The Wire never got really amazing ratings, but they kept that show on for a long time, for at least... Five five or so years. Was it five or six seasons? I think it was six seasons. 
No, wait, it's, what was it, what was it, four seasons? Shit, I'm fucking blanking, I'm blanking on the wire seasons, see them, people can tell me in the live chat. It was, uh, four seasons of The Wire. But still, it wasn't getting good ratings, and people, and so it got canceled earlier. HBO isn't above, they really do give creators the rope to do what they want, but they're also have a history of sometimes canceling shows before they can reach their conclusion if they're not quite in getting getting the buzz that they want it to get. Good morning, Joshua. Good morning, Zach. Just Jax, what is up, Just Jax? Great to see you. Craft Mama, hello. Great to see Craft Mama, one of my favorite people out there. Check out her stuff. Check out her channel for some amazing videos, some fun stuff. Jim Tonic, Steel Clad, Century Inn, Westworld rules. It fucking does rule. Right now, on television, at this moment, right now, on the air, in this time of year, right now, it's the best show on television for me. And I understand, I've talked to Joe Dirty Locks, who does reviews on this channel, and Katie. They hate this show. They call it the most boring show on television. And, you know, it's not for everybody. But to me, it's the greatest show on television. No show right now, on right now, no show has done dream sequences and flashbacks as well as this does. And they're doing it with fucking androids. Like, wow, they're just really developing character. And these characters aren't real characters. If, if I don't know, it's just, this show is so rewarding, but I don't get that it also manages to be exciting. Some people, like, one of, and I don't mean to have a conversation with Joe when he's not here, but Joe, Joe's, uh, one of Joe's weaknesses, he says he keeps falling asleep in these episodes and he doesn't find it exciting. I think the show is freaking exciting as hell and I think what makes this show so awesome is they're introducing new storylines new mysteries and things like that at the same time entertaining you with western fun stuff that I don't even really like but still it's fun like cowboy shit and sci-fi stuff and making it all palatable and making it all not seem fucking snooty at all making it all very easily digestible for me and i don't know i just love this series so much and can, after four episodes i am so fucking all in on this show making omelets it, with uh, making omelets and westeros theories it is great just jacks anthony hopkins is messing with everybody someone said this in the discord group that we have but i got to be careful how i talk about dr ford cuz he might be watching me and he can stop all this shit with just his fucking finger you want some fava fava beans with that clarice fuck Anyone noticed that Dolores was kneeling at her own grave? I missed that, Joshua. Great stuff. Maybe Hopkins killed Arnold. That is a fucking great, uh, great, great piece of information or great, great speculation, Zach. I've also heard the speculations, if you want to go down the, the rabbit hole of like Reddit or whatever, there's theories that maybe Ford is Arnold and it's a split personality sort of thing going on and and there was no actual Arnold, and it's just certain parts of his personality, and, and he's playing a long game of some sort. I, I don't know. LaDonna! Great to see LaDonna! Love you, LaDonna! This show is... It really is brilliant, and it's just amazing for theory crafting. It, they just put so much time and effort into each shot and each moment. It's... I'm Christopher Nolan isn't a part of their show, but Jonathan Nolan, in the way that he crafts each script and each screenplay... I don't know if he writes every individual screenplay. I'm not looking into that stuff, but at least having the overall hand over the entire series. You can tell, maybe I could be talking about my ass here. It just feels to me this is more 
a Nolan property than a J.J. Abrams thing, even though like just the quality of the production is J.J. Abrams. But the way the story feels, I feel like I'm more in a Nolan kind of adventure. And it really is experiencing and in diving into dreams and flashbacks. Like all these things that we're seeing the hosts remember, like with Maeve and Dolores and even Teddy to a certain extent. Are these happening as memories or are we actually seeing moments rolling through time and just seeing the passage of time? With Maeve, the way they integrated that was so breathtaking. I, I cannot say just enough exceptional things about the, the the tactics that they're using to tell this story. It's it's just so and again, I, I, I'm going to be using similar words. It's intelligent without being egocentrically, maniacally fucking, well, smell our farts. Look how fucking, look at us explore the concept of life. <laughs> it, it's just, there's none of that there. It just, it just seems so fucking natural. It's an RPG show. I would love to visit Westworld. And that's the other thing too. Anyone... Not anyone, myself, and I think a lot of the people that view this show that have played any kind of role-playing game or played World of War, mainly MMOs like Warcraft or or Kotar or Tor or Star Trek Online or or freaking uh, DC Online to you, my friend Tim. It feels like that kind of game. You interact with it in a very similar way, and you look at things, and you're constantly asking yourself the own your the same questions, similar to. Walking Dead in the sense that when you're in that zombie apocalypse and you're seeing these real characters, especially towards the beginning of the series, you really ask yourself the questions, what if I was in this situation? Most people play video games or they have a fantasy thing. They play a choose-your-own-adventure book. Whatever. They understand this concept. And you watch a show like Westworld and it incredibly makes you or makes me feel like I'm in that spot making those decisions. And... What it does now in these last two episodes, because in the first two episodes it did that brilliantly, but what it's done in these last two episodes is give me a narrative that I am hypnotized to. I cannot wait. I want to know the answers to these questions and not these like fucking stupid mystery driven questions like what's the island mean? Is it a is it a par- is it a parallel of heaven and hell? Is this the battle of good and evil? Is this the battle of your balls and fucking Bullshit, I don't know, whatever, like like some other shows may try to explore some fucking ridiculous themes and stuff, but what this is doing is a very science fiction sort of theme, there's nothing supernatural going on here, it's just exploring what is life, with Dolores in the scene where she's making references to, to uh, where she's talking about, uh, uh, to Bernard and she may and she uses things from her past from a love program to give him words of comfort about his son I think it's what they're talking about he's like where'd you come up with that is that ours well I took elements of other things and developed them again that's a Star Trek thing to Picard that is sentience <laughs> that that is first contact Bernard is making first contact with Dolores best show in town it really is right now the campsire and the campsite to talk with Bernard. Yes, she can't possibly sneak away from William. It's like the conversations are, ve- are at night, it sounds like. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in the live by the fucking chat. If she can possibly, she can remote into our backup host frame body. How they go back and forth. Uh, she wakes up with the gun in the same place. That's my question, Zach. And that's why I was saying at the beginning. When are these conversations with, with Bernard happening? That's what makes me think you guys are treading on it right there. It makes me think that those conversations are memories. And I love how every episode starts out like this. So there's this formulaic nature to the show without 
to make it feel comfortable. I think that's another thing. Going through these motions of the show every time, seeing these familiar spots being shown in so many different ways makes you so comfortable with the environment to know that, wow, like at the end with the the shoot-up that was done differently. Why does no one ever notice she's gone? They seem to notice things quickly. And again, that's more of my point, that where are those things happening? Is Bernard hacking her in her brain and talking to her in her sleep or something like that? Is are the, Again, are those memories of things that have happened in the past? And right now, this is all a memory of something Dolores is happening leading up to the present of our series, which is going to start later. Or where we're seeing two different narratives going on. One that's the past of Dolores' becoming sentient and the other is the, the actual present of things going forward. This is a Nolan thing. So it's usually something complex but something simple. If we look at things like ins- ins- or not, insomnia is a different sort. Uh, fucking, God, Inception or... What the fuck? I'm the one that goes backwards. I'm blanking on uh, blanking on the movie that goes his first uh, Christopher Nolan's first big movie, the the movie with Joey Pants and uh, where everything goes uh, backwards. The guy has to write on himself to remember things. It's it's usually something simple that's going on. Hello, Jim Tonic. It's conversations that are of night very seem. Oh, five seasons would be awesome, but you can't possibly sneak away from William the campsite with Bernard. Great to see you. Great to see. Oh, Moose is in there. LaDonna, good morning. 5 p.m. in Vienna. Wow, I love this show. It's brilliant. I'm scrolling down. Let me just get to the bottom. Let me get to the bottom. Memento. Thank you, Jim Tonic. Uh, Memento is the movie I'm thinking about. It's just something. It's more of a simple concept, and that's usually a Nolan trait. It's complex but simple at the same time, and I think with Westworld, it's going to be something like that. Butterfly Effect's another another. Good one. Uh, LaDonna says, did you guys notice that Dolores' outfit looked like Alice in the Wonderland, which is the book that Bernard gave her to read? More evidence of how maybe some of this, what we're seeing might be inside Dolores' mind as it develops. But excellent point of just a way that she's uh, developed. And the most important thing on the show is definitely Evan Rachel Butthole. Her performance is complete wide-angled lens butthole. And we got in a live chat our good friend Devin. Fucking Devin, amazing, st- amazing stuff. I was watching a couple of your videos this morning and smiling my ass off. L- fucking cannot get enough of uh, of Devin. So definitely check out his stuff if you haven't already. And huge thank you to Devin for all the support he gives us here on the channel. And uh, as usual, lots of love to you. Lots of love to LaDonna, Lab Lab, uh, Muse, Alicia. Uh, we we got so many great folks joining us in the live chat right now. I wasn't expecting anybody joining me this morning. I was expecting to be all alone in my little hippie hole here, playing with my Weird Al doll and my Bones toy. <laughs> and playing with my Bones. How about poor Terry? He keeps getting his ass kicked in the worst way. You gotta feel bad for that guy. He's the, the Kenny of this world. It's worth noting that they seem to be aware of even the slightest flame in the control room. Uh, thank you, Devin. And I see that you are up over 70 now, 70,000 for, for Devin. And I, I honestly, I appreciate all the support you guys and the monkeys give me. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, I cannot say enough for, for that. And I, I almost want to pause here and just get to the lick Devin's ball section of the show. Oh, Devin, you taste good, baby. But no, seriously, man, you're fucking amazing and you fucking crack me up too. So it's, it's uh, thank, thank you so much for the support, dude. Seriously. 
LaDonna's playing hooky. Alicia's listening to this shit sneakily in the office. Look at that guy's fucking ass. He smells. Did he even shower today, Alicia? That guy next to you in the cubicle smells like donkey balls. Did he take a Westworld-like shower today? Oh, thank you, buddy. I, again, I cannot say how much I appreciate that sort of support that you give me. That you didn't even have to. You're just out of fucking nowhere helping me out, man. So... Like, I, I appreciate that and all the support that not just I'm focusing on Devin right now, but all the support that you guys give us sharing it, spreading the word, just helping it. It's one step closer every day. It's a step closer to being able to me coming out here and giving you guys the full side butthole five days a week. So that's my goal. That's my fucking goal in the next couple of years is hopefully to be able to just use this to sustain and with, with the help of all you guys in the live fucking chat and people like fucking Devin and Carmine and stuff. You guys are fucking like incredibly amazing. Can I say can I say it one more time? Will, will you just show Shut up, Phil, because, you know, you're starting to suck. Okay, I'm shut the fuck up. And, uh, and, uh, does Arnold equal why the man in black seems to be a visitor? The man in black has to be authorized to detonate his dynamite cigars. Uh, surely they know what Dolores' sneak away, uh, yeah, sneak away from the wrench. And again, that's more of my feeling that, <clears throat> That ultimately that some of that might be a dream of some sort. And yes, someone just said it. We get confirmation of sorts that the man in black is really, really a guest. A lot of people have speculated that maybe he's an android gone wild or something. And this year, Andrew, from the person that brought you the bang bus, comes androids gone wild. See Dolores and Maeve do the most outrageous things. See Teddy wear a thong. You've ever wanted to see Cyclops in a thong? Check out Androids Gone Wild! (laughs) Is Bill Gates humping whores in a virtual world right now? I would make that happen in my virtual world. Arnold could be one. Snake Girl says uh, Wyatt got... Goes by lots of names. They did say she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Surely they know if Dolores sneaks away. He has a guest that's addicted to the game. And I also think it's interesting that Wyatt... I guess Wyatt's always been in the group, but Teddy's had more interaction where Ford changed Teddy's fucking programming and made him more of a part of... Excuse me, more of a part of the of the Wyatt storyline. At first, I was like, "How's Wyatt existing for just create Wyatt?" But no, he just wrapped Teddy up into Wyatt's storyline a little bit because where we see the Snake Girl, that the Snake Girl who we literally see a full butthole and the <laughs> washing herself, I, and uh, her story involves the Wyatt character. F- can fit. Phil, consider that Sweet William is the Men in Black. If so, what in our... Ooh, LaDonna, that is great. The Men in Black is very Dark Towers, and Dolores is very Alice in Wonderlands. I wonder if we could find more characters from literature in there. If Dolores overcame her programming and can't be killed, how long before Maeve? Maeve has got to be very, very close to that. I thought that was an incredibly awesome ending to the episode where she just has the... And I love her just using that guy. She's like, yeah, we're going to get shot here, so it doesn't matter. Come fucking kiss me. And just digging into the... Uh, Digging into fucking uh, ripping that bullet out. And I've mentioned this a couple times before, but if anyone is a Tupac fan, as uh, as especially his movies, check out a movie called Gridlock that stars the actress that plays Maeve when she was a lot younger. It's uh, it's starring Tupac, that actress, and Tim Roth are the three main characters. It's a little bit of an independent film, so it's a lower budget than some. 
But uh, it's probably one of my my favorite of all of uh, Tupac and one of my favorite of Tim McGrath's performances. So definitely check out that movie if you haven't already. Uh, for Arnold created this maze as a test if it proved the host was in fact conscious. Uh, if Dolores overcame her programming and can't be killed, hung before Maeve, for Ford killed it. Why are the woman robots smarter than the male ones? That's a good point. Why is Teddy the biggest dumbass in the world? Teddy needs to be awoken. We need one. Oh, no, I guess I guess it's two for one because we did get Dolores's dad, which theoretically started this whole fucking situation. And then we get the fucking. Uh, but ultimately, our two ones that we're focusing on are Maeve and Dolores, which are really in the discovery phrases. Uh, Zach says, oh wait, Jim says, I hope the company that runs a theme park is not the fucking Dharma initiative. I think Anthony Hopkins is going to end up being a robot and, re and real vision will be revealed to be a dead like, uh, to be dead like sometime before. Seems Dolores is going to figure out she played other roles and I will eventually tap into the abilities of a dollhouse style. Uh, Arnold created the maze as a test, which Pat, which if passed proved the host was in fact conscious. It seems that Dolores is in fact going to figure out she's got to play, played roles. And that is good thinking, Zach. But I do feel like time jumps are classic Abrams thing. He does love to play with weird timelines. It's very true. It is an Abrams thing. And I think visually, some of the visual cues are very Abramsy. There are some, you see some lens flares every once in a while. Oh, we got IC spots. Who are the other reps from Delios? Men in Black, Logan, maybe. I think it's probably, is that his name? I keep calling him Tyler. But is that the other, is that the dick guy? Uh, Billy's Williams friend is that is his name Logan I think Logan's definitely a Delios guy if people don't know what we're saying Delios I don't even know if Delios has been mentioned on the show someone can correct me and tell me if it has but in the movie Westworld it's the name of the company that runs all the parks and uh and the medieval and the Roman park as well was Ford bulldozing everything down? I think he was. I think he was bulldozing everything just to make room for his situation and make room for the park that he's trying to create, the new park he's trying to create. Um, <laughs> thank you so much to everyone in the live motherfucking chat for joining me this afternoon or early, or this morning actually still on the East Coast where I am or wherever you guys are watching this or some people might be listening to the podcast. Our podcast is now available on Stitcher. You can subscribe to the main feed. And you can check out all that stuff if you just do some simple Google searching. <laughs> or check out the website, issuesprogram.com, and you can find links to that crap there. Motherfucking crap. Oh, it was, Delos was mentioned in episode four. Thank you, LaDonna. I think this might be like uh, Lucifer rebelling against God creating an enlightenment sentence and therefore free versus submission. Teresa mentioned it, I believe, to Ford. I thought he was rebuilding churches and all that stuff. What about Ford? What about when Ford was like, I hope the neighbors are complaining or something like that? I wonder if they're actual neighbors or he's being sarcastic. I think he was just being sarcastic, being a condescending fuck to, to ter Teresa bitch. I am an android. I, in fact, when I need to break wind, I have this little toy right here. Oh, it doesn't break wind. Fuck, it didn't work. <laughs> I wish I was an android. I would fucking, I would, I would have that android... <laughs> Dr. Sug was a mighty big genius. He built this dude, Phil, with an android penis. I fucked that girl, Tasha. I fucked the Borg Queen, too. You better watch out. You say, I'm coming for you. It's Data. Super fucker. <laughs> well, if I was an android, I would love to be made fully functional, Devin. I, that, I, would, uh, I would need to be fully functional. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be a, uh, I'd be a cuck droid. <laughs> the, church, the Church of Ford. <laughs> Phil, prove you are not an android. Do I have to? Uh, okay, wait. Wait, let me prove I'm not an android by, get, by showing that I'm a furry. 
If I was an android, would I do a podcast like this? Everybody, in Delios, the fun happens. I guess that maybe proves I am an android. <laughs> One of these days, I gotta do a whole podcast like that. Oh my god. Data did bang Tasha, so he was fully functional. And he banged the Borg Queen. He banged the Borg Queen, too, in Star Trek uh, Nemesis. So he was a fully functional android. And in fact, in episode... I know this is, like, ridiculous. Fuck you, Phil. Ten, ten points in the Star Trek jar for, uh, for bullshit talking. But in the season two episode, Measure of a Man, when Data ultimately gets his sentience where they have this court case for him where he they have to decide whether he's a real person or not, ultimately what decides is the fact that he had sex. Because he had sex, they're like, Oni has feelings for someone. They ultimately decide that he part of the reason why he's sentient. And we all know what Johnny Five did to Ali Sheedy in Short Circuit 1.5, which made her not be in Short Circuit 2. Johnny Five was alive. And he was exploring all sorts of things. He touched Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy in all sorts of uncomfortable places. And that's why they weren't in Short Circuit too. That's the story not told about Short Circuit. How do you think they got all those little baby androids in part two? Uh, fully functional, like Data with Tasha, yep. Yes, I did. Uh, I see. Okay, we got a conversation. Uh, so did anyone else think there was symbolism in the men in black wearing a Confederate revolver? Alicia says, that's exactly what an android would do, Phil. You're tr it's true, Alicia. You fucking got me. Craft Mama, well, you would fit perfectly in West Wharf, Phil. I know you, I know you meant West, West World, but I'm doing the Star Trek thing. West Wharf, Phil. Fucking Phil, remove your emotional response and continue. I, okay. What do you guys want to know about West World? Do you want me to kill you <laughs> and that when she removes her emotional response that's a credit to evan Ra rachel side butthole there ever rachel uh she gives me wood no ever evan rachel wood because she really puts in such an amazing pre performance in the subtlety of that character remove emotional response remove emotional response okay what do you want to, what do you want me to say it's perfect though. It's fucking perfect. And it's it's all and it's one of those things that if it was cast incorrectly, it could be really awful. Uh, but it really works with her and she does the job exceptionally well. What, he banged the Borg Queen in that movie? Yes, he did. There's a part where she gives him skin and she starts stimulating his skin and she asks him in Nemesis, are you or not Nemesis, uh fucking first contact. Sorry, first contact, not Nemesis. I'm an idiot. Before I get the comments, first contact, not nemesis. She gives him skin. She touches the skin and turns him on and goes, is that good for you? And she asks him if she's fully functional. And she mentions that the Borg still, that she likes to fuck sometimes because they used to be organic. And then she kind of seduces Data and Data gives her the fully functional android penis. <laughs> he did really bang the Borg in first contact. If anyone's curious about it, rewatch first contact. You'll see a completely different thing. Right when he gives her the skin, he she kind of seduces him. And uh, and when he talks to Picard later in the movie, talking about how special she was, that she was unique, you ultimately get the feeling as well that Data had a relationship with her of some sort. It's not in, the, in, uh, in, in uh, fucking First Contact, not Nemesis. Sorry. I fucked it up again. Borg Kreen regenerates on Kogan's face. Thank you, jo Joshua. Already, already beat me to it. Yeah, no first contact. Nemesis was Bane. Since when does sex equal feelings? Great point, Lav Lav. In fact, 
Sex is great with feelings, but sex can be a lot of fun when, without feelings, too. When she kidnapped him, Shinzan, LaDonna, not retrospective, de definitely significant. Fully functional, like Data with Tasha, let me scroll down. Borg Queen ooze sex, I speculate that's why Seven of Nine was so hot. She was the third in line. Is Eleven an android? Ah, God, that would be, that would be amazing, though, if Eleven had, uh, I don't want to talk too much about, about that show, but Eleven definitely has android-like, android-like, android-like uh, uh, qualities. Phil can never remove his emotional response. <laughs> Even Evan Rachel Butthole, I'm using Evan Rachel Butthole as my desktop <laughs> wallpaper. I botched the movie too, Alicia. I know, what kind of, I have to turn in my Trek card right there. Data's first contact. <laughs> Borg Queen, yeah, oh God, seven of nine, Alicia. Don't get me on a Jerry Ryan kick right now. I'm more partial to Terry Farrell and uh, she's a, because I had a crush on her from back to school when I was younger, and then to see her show up on Star Trek with all the dots on her and stuff like that. Oh, fuck. Fucking amen. And then uh, T. Paul from uh, Enterprise. Those three are the trinity for me of uh, Star Trek hotties there. So, okay. So, uh, LaDonna. Oh, so, here we go. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Cannot wait to see LaDonna and James cover Westworld as well. Definitely check out LaDonna and James Thrones for their content. Great stuff. And uh, so, yes, data first contact. So, I guess we've wasted another t enough time. If, uh, if anyone wants to get their comments or questions in, you can text in or call in or you guys jump in the live motherfucking chat but if you guys are listening to this podcast later i probably should have said this at the beginning you can uh you can call and leave voicemails or text in at 781-990-8509 we also do have a call in line right now but the call in line hasn't been working good so i kind of have to go back to the old system pretty soon but if anyone is feeling peakish right now and wants to call, 315-948-8237. It might not work for a long time, but it's currently working at the moment. But we do have our first text. This is from a text we got the other day, and it's from area code 562. Hi, Phil. Love all your shows. So where are the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So thank you so much. If you have time, my coworkers and I have been discussing Westworld and have a few questions for you. If you can control a host through virtual reality and not have to go to Westworld, do you think you'd make it more likely to be abusive or violent towards the other hosts? Or would it matter whether or not you were physically there because you treat them the same regardless? I think I treat them bad regardless. I talked about this a little bit before. When I play a video game and if I'm convinced that the game is a that this is a video game and I'm not actually you know, doing anything bad or whatever, when I'm in those kind of situations, I am a fucking tyrant. I am an evil motherfucker. And I make horrible decisions in every Civ game or whatever I'm playing. I always break treaties and shit like that and attack them when they don't expect it. In Knights of the Old Republic, I kill everybody and steal all their shit. I, that's just how I play games like that. So I think if I was controlling a host, interacting with other hosts, I was kind of programming them or setting them up or controlling them remotely, I would have them do the most fucked up shit pretty much 24 or 7, 7 days a week. In my opinion, would a host with AI capabilities retain your virtual reality experience as its own memory, or could it distinguish between memories and acts committed or with or without its own will? I think if they started to develop AI abilities, they'd look at the things that happened in the past and look at them as memories. But I think as the consciousness develops and they realize that they're different sort of things, 
like they explore their bodies, like with Maeve, where she's looking at those men in the masks and shit like that. Eventually, she's going to put two and two together and realize that they're fixing her and setting her up and whatever. So I think once they conceptually understand that what the fuck's going on, Critch says this a lot. A couple of other people have said this a lot. When they look what people have been doing them, I think it's just a matter of time before we get some revenge. I think we're leading up to revenge swiftness and seeing these fucking go crazy and go and kill everybody. And lastly, what would be, uh, which would be worst to be a host that's completely thought or that has complete thought autonomy, but can be physically abused and violated by a human host or to be a host that can be controlled with virtual reality to be physically abused and violate a human host. Hope to hear back from you. I think Ultimately, the word, I think either context is a bad fucking situation. But I think the the side question, side butthole question I'm going to here is, I don't know. It's, it's fucking horrible each way. But I think worst would be to someone to program a host to do that to a human because ultimately they are androids when it comes down to it. And the people that are doing those things to the hosts – they think that they're playing a fucking game or having sex with a fucking sex doll or masturbating with a fucking vibrator or something. Like, whatever, they think they're just having fun. So to them, it's there's nothing really going wrong. And all, the concept that the people should be like, oh, there's, so there's really nothing wrong with what's going on there. If someone programmed an android to go start fucking fucking up and killing humans in the park, that would be the worst possible scenario. So let's put T Paul so right, Phil. She's the hottest because she's the most damaged, drug addiction, arrogance, cat seats, emotional outbursts. Can you believe she banged ne- Neelix? Fuck. T Paul was too sexy. Anthony Hopkins has the ultimate power play in this episode. Uh, remember that Dolores is the oldest android in the park. She knows everything. Second oldest. I don't know who the oldest is, but they mentioned at one point Anthony Hopkins says that. Maybe he's talking about that. Could be evidence that Anthony Hopkins is an android because when he's talking about that, he specifically says, She's the second oldest android in the park. Hmm. So uh, whether and so she should also know if Arnold exists or whether or not she saw the deterioration. Deterioration. Excuse me of Arnold's. Excuse me of Arnold into evil or Arnold into evil Ford. But isn't that why you go to something like this a park to do something you never do outside? Exactly. If I was in a holodeck or I was thinking, I would explore every sadistic fantasy I have. Ford must have had some kind of device implanted or method of controlling the world telepathy, right? Do you hide your drawings under your floor? <laughs> That's where I hide my weed. LaDonna, do you think that Dolores was present during the incident 30 years ago? I think so. Did you folks see under the skin when Scarlet tries to see what's between her legs with a lamp? It's amazing. Oh, I have not seen that. Also, the hosts do not do shit based on chance. The Native American hosts dropped the toy intentionally because they knew Maeve would be there to pick it up. And that might be something from Ford or a- or uh, Arnold. Joshua wondered about that too. The finger wave was so subtle. It could just be a visual cue for the hosts. It could be something. I think it was the finger wave. <laughs> I think he was doing the old finger flutter that controls the androids as we know. Wolf sheet, I didn't even think about that. Oh, also the hosts don't shit based on, oh, don't shit about based on chance. But Hopkins in the scene with the other employees outside the park working, he can be a host. He can't be a host. Good point, Zach, or good point, Kogan. How does Ford control the host tending the field, though? I don't know. Maybe he had it on an automatic timer. Maybe he had someone else watching him. Maybe he has it so... He said something earlier in the series, so we know it's not some kind of magic. Magic is, it's all little fucking things like this that this show drops. 
what's magic to some is just science to others. He's doing something. We're going to see what he's doing later on. He maybe has a microchip processor in his hand that pushes a button and can control them all. Maybe it's some word he said that he has a microphone that's triggering into each each android that's working on this big assignment so so that they can all control. So basically they're all at any step he makes. Maybe he has some implant into his voice because they all are operated by voice commands of some sort. Maybe it's, again, something he set up earlier because he knew she was coming. I, it's it's a lot of a lot of situation because he set her up to sit her in the seat of the restaurant that she knew as he discovered. That was the whole thing. We know everything about our guests, too, meaning we know that you sat in this chair and we're freaking you out because it was a power play. It was a uh, fuck you. You think you know what's going on in this park? You think you have any control? We'll shut this shit down. But I'll shut that shit down. Sorry, guys. Had to, oh, no problem, Alicia. Great to see you, and, and thank you, everybody, again, as as always, for joining me in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see fucking Kogan in there, one of my in-real-life friends. Great to see you, Kogan. And, uh, okay, so let's get a little bit into our... Is it about that time, Phil? Fucking get over here, you fucking mouse. My mouse isn't working. My mouse isn't working. Let's get into it. What time is it, Phil? What time is it? Oh, yes, everybody. It's time for the recap part of the show. <laughs> what does that even mean, you dumbass? Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. I got questions about... People are asking me about Thanksgiving. What the fuck? Okay. So, here we go. I don't know what I'm doing for Thanksgiving yet. Oh, we get to see Azimuth Games. Great to see you, buddy. And another fucking amazing person out there that supports the hell out of the channel. Thank you. Huge love to you, buddy. Okay. So, <laughs> people haven't noticed that I'm wearing Ninja Turtle pajamas at the moment. Yes, I got out of bed and came here to start this shit. Okay, so here we go. Let's get into our recap of sorts. Okay, everybody. That line right there, I just want to place trapped inside a soul, feeling tired, burned out, out of control. Your mind wants to fly, though your body lies on the earth forever. I mean, that's a sense of like some of what these android fucks are dealing with, right? You know, they're stuck in the same spot, especially Dolores and, and Maeve. They're starting to develop their minds in outside situations. Maeve wants to, Maeve even developed her interest in SM. She wants to get a knife dug into her and stuff while this dude kisses. No, I'm kidding. But it. <laughs> Just another great episode of Westworld. The composer of Westworld is the same guy who does Game of Thrones. It does the theme music. It's the same guy. How awesome, again, is the intro of Westworld? I've talked about it a lot in the uh, first episode recap that we did, but it's one of those few intros that I end up watching every single time just because I love it. I love the music. love the setup to it. It's very HBO, of course. I think HBO kills it on the intros. Netflix does a decent job on it as well, but Game of Thrones, this, Oz, uh, The Wire, Deadwood, Carnival, 
all amazing fucking intros. Flight of the Concords. They they all have these segments that I watch every time and I don't skip over. And then they have something like Curb, Your Enthusiasm, that just knows how to skip. <laughs> that just skips it and gets right the fuck into it. Think Ford's like his uh, God status and doesn't want the host to become fully aware and no longer to be dependent on them. I don't know, I see. I think I think if we're to believe Ford for face value, it means that. But it seems to me it would be even more dark if Ford is all playing this. He knows everything that's going on. It's hard for me to imagine he's not fully aware of what's happening with all the hosts in his park. He knows everything Bernard's up to. And if Bernard's talking to Dolores and discovering it, I don't know. It's it's so interesting. And I could see it go in any, any of the directions. It's really feeling like Android corruption is Arnold's scheme now. Seems that the corruption phase unlocks the Android becoming self-aware. Did they bang at the end in that scene in the whorehouse? I thought she was just coming coming on him, stabbing her, says Kogan. <laughs> Kogan, love you, buddy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I rewatched uh, uh, Westworld right after Walking Dead and Glenn's eye was sticking in my mind. Uh, fucking that stink eye that he was giving out there, Robert. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so here we go. Let's get into our Westworld recap. Now, Westworld opens up at the start of episode four. Dolores is telling Bernard again about about re-talking about or doing her thing with Bernard. I didn't get as much interesting clips this week just because I was watching it late at night and I was sort of out of it while I'm watching this last night so I bumbled the recordings but we do have this conversation so let's listen to Bernard and Dolores yes do you know where you are I yes Joe's on the same loop every day he gets up has sex with a bird (laughs) goes to work Helps out the world, goes home, plays video games, has sex with a bird again. I mean, has sex with a wolf. When you date a warg, she can warg into so many different forms. It's just unfucking believable. I don't want. I don't fucking Joe. I'm in a dream. Before this, do you know what happened? My parents. They hurt them. Limit your emotional affect, please. (laughs) Limit that emotional affect. What happened next? Then they killed them. And then... I ran. Everyone I cared about is gone. Yes, suck... Suck that dick, Phil. Suck that. Sorry, I was doing that do- goofy dick. Go away if you like. Why would I want that? Pain? Their loss. Now again, this is another Star Trek thing. Take away the pain. It's like that horrible Star Trek V that Shatner directed, where they go and fucking go find on the on the uh, Star Trek V the quest for nothing, or I think was that what it was, where, where some guys like I can take away your pain, and Shatner goes, I don't, uh, I don't want you to take away my pain. I need my pain. It makes me me. That's very pretty. Yeah, thank you, Bernard. It was very pretty. Did we write that for you? In part. 
I adapted it from a scripted dialogue about love. Oof. I love how evil she plays too. That's one of the biggest. Is there something wrong with these thoughts of heaven? Probably why she was cast. The the fact that they made her, she is so evil, or she has that evil twitch that she can turn on. No. But I'm not the only one making these decisions. Can you help me? <laughs> no, no one can help you. Ladonna has a great point. I love the fact that the writers planned out an entire five-season series so you can use foreshadowing properly, unlike some other fucking shows that maybe the Abrams community has worked on. Lindelof, you fucking lost, douchebag. But, uh... Bionic is at lurk, as at work, semi-lurking. Nice to see you, folks. I'm gonna do the same thing to Bionic. Uh, maybe Bionic. Try not to make reference to the fact that the person next to you ass smells like shit. Tell them to wash their ass in the shower next time. I also like the fact that she keeps suggesting that there's something wrong with her, but Bernard, Bernard doesn't want to accept. Again, I think that's just... I think fucking Dolores is manipulating Bernard here. I think that's just a way of pacifying. One manipulation tactic is telling people what they want to hear and make them feel like they're in control when you're really in control. And I think one way of doing that is being very apologetic or very, very, just very, oh, oh shucksy or whatever to the person that you're talking to. It puts them in a position of power and allows you to manipulate them. It's one of the things that Dr. Milfi suggests to Tony to do in The Sopranos with Junior and, Oliv and Livia. He's, it's, uh, it's dealing with elder care. What's wrong with making them feel like they're in charge? And I think there is an element of that with Dolores. I think she's a little further along than she's letting Bernard know. And she's making sure she makes... Bernard feel every step of the way like he's the one in charge of the situation when he's long since been in charge of the situation and he couldn't stop her if he wanted to. She actually said she was uh, doing she actually said that she was going doing that to Bernard. I think with Lost it seems that they were ready for three seasons and two seasons got asked for more and that really ruined the show. Interesting thought there Phil. This is what happens when you control J.J. Abrams right out of the Garrick playbook Tim. I'm making so many Star Trek references in this show. I actually referenced to you earlier in this uh, earlier in this cast about a, about a Star Trek thing as well. But there, yeah, there's so many Star Trek like themes going on in this show, and that's part of what I part of what I like about it. And maybe it's heavy, not heavy handed, but for people that aren't into Trek, you can still be into these ideas. But like I'm familiar with them because of things that were explored on Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Star Trek: The Next Generation, and the original Star Trek as well. I can't speak to Enterprise as much just because I haven't watched it as much. Just seen just seen episodes here and there, but I know it's at least been explored on the four other main series and in the movies as well. KLC, great to see you. Bionic, you mean Jar Jar Abrams? <laughs> I need a robot to manipulate my butt to getting gear. LaDonna, I shouldn't have read that comment halfway through before I read the second half. I read, I need to get a robot to manipulate my butt. And then I turned back in gear. <laughs> I was like, LaDonna, that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> you usually don't have a dirty, as dirty a mind as I do. 
I normally stay ninja in chat, but I wanted to thank you, Phil, for recommending Westworld because it's, oh, thank you, Christy, and I really appreciate that, and I have to thank people in the live chat and some people uh, that, and some people in Twitter and stuff that sent me comments about Westworld after the first episode, so I wouldn't have even been aware, aware of the show at all. Uh, it was people, you guys in the, the FOP's live chat that suggested to this show, this show to me at different times, so it's... It's a big fucking uh, circle. You're, it's a, uh, it's it's like that that car in South Park that uh, that's the constant fuck machine. You know, we're all we're all helping each other out here. That's part of what the beauty of getting to come out here and talk to you guys and and be the and uh, and fucking I don't know and having people suggest things to me as well. So, thank you. <laughs> Would you ever leave Westworld or stay like Black Blackhead? I think I'd probably have trouble leaving, or I'd probably want to. I keep associating it with a holodeck from Star Trek, and I would just want to have one in my house. You know, I'd want to get enough money to design my own kind of park like that, or get a couple of androids of my own to just do with what I want, <laughs> and then occasionally go back to the park. But I'm someone that, as much as I like socializing and going to things and doing stuff, I like also when I really love doing something, I like doing it at home alone. You don't know what I do. You don't know what I do in Westworld, says LaDonna. I think it's like that Eddie Murphy joke where people with the most, the, the most innocent people have the worst skeletons in their closet. The people that act innocent, they're probably the ones that would go the most fucking crazy in a place like Westworld. By the way, the nice guy is the only one in the white hat. I need a robot too, but I haven't watched any of the movies. I don't want any inkling of what might happen. Do you think the Men in Black is a priest of real life? I don't know. No, I think he's probably the the uh, the president of some charitable company of some sort. We're gonna get to that in a second. Where what those people say to him? They saved his son's life, or saved their child's life, and he goes. Uh, don't fuck with my vacation or I'll cut your throats. I think William uh, will have a huge character arc. Only one decent question I have hit Bionic. Yeah, it would be really fun for a while. Bionic, he's a big CEO somewhere. Is that why the men in black keeps going black like an addiction that becomes hardcore? You know, like me too as well. I'm probably just bone everything that uh, I, I bone everything like that loser Fred. Lav Lav, I think one of my trips to... It's like going to Vegas. You go to Vegas for one trip is the complete drinking trip. One to go to shows. One to go to casinos. One to go to other alternative places. And you just keep picking different different places. The Men in Black is the jo is Johnny Cash. What happens in Westworld stays in Westworld. Pretty much everyone picks that black hat. <laughs> Probably the CEO of Walt Disney that wants to make a purchase. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so the start of episode four, uh, she, Dol Dolores is telling Bernard about the death of her parents. He offers to take the pain away, and she goes, no, no, I, I need my pain. Keep my pain. So William wants to continue. Then we then we eventually go out to... <clears throat> she, she wakes up, and she is with, with William at the camp, and she's with the gun in her hands. And so it seems like, was that opening a flashback of some sort? Or was it a memory? Like, what was going, a dream of something that already happened? Or a projection of what the next conversation would happen? Like, it made it very confusing in a good way of asking the questions. Like, what the fuck are all those conversations with Bernard, really? Is that, is he symbolizing what the the process in her brain is going on of sentience. And because she's talked to him in contexts like that while she was and has memories of that on the reprogramming and stuff. Is that who she's seeing as the vision of her mind? Excuse me. 
I know I see Jiminy Cricket in my mind when I think. So, William wants to continue his bounty hunt, but William's concerned for Dolores and wants to rage quit. But Logan says, listen, I'll kill Dolores to solve the problem. And William's like, can you please, can you please stop trying to kill or fuck anything, everything? And I, the more this goes on, and I know we're supposed to be developing, developing feelings for the creatures and stuff. But when I look at someone like uh, Logan there, Billy Williams says to him, you're normal in real life. The minute you get to this park, you turn into a psycho. He's so that doesn't make him a bad guy. And if we do that litmus test of television shows, are they a good guy or are they a bad guy? Even the people in this show that are seem like they're they're bad people in the way that they're presented to us on the show, Tyler isn't a, Tyler uh, Logan. I keep calling him Tyler. Logan isn't really a bad guy. He's just a guy that's trying to decide if the park is worth investing for his company. So he's trying to have as much fun in every possible way he could for the park. He's doing quality control, essentially. So I think it's an oversimplification by William and me as a viewer to look at someone like Logan and say, Logan's an evil bastard. Logan is me in that park. I would not be William. I might be William the first time or I'd be looking for the love story type situation. But I'd be at least one of the times I was there, I'd eventually be Logan. Or then eventually maybe the man in black. But Logan has been there so many times and he's experienced so much fun. But it's also his way of having some fun. Some people like turning on fucking death metal music and running around and going fucking crazy. Some people like fucking listening to watching horror movies. Watching Faces of Death movies or some shit like that. Does that make them a... No. Some people even... Some people even like watching Two Broke Girls. Ah! <laughs> Everyone likes different kinds of entertainment. It doesn't make them a good or fucking bad person because they enjoy or play games in different kinds of ways. Everyone plays D&D in a different way. As Robin said, if men can fuck it, they can kill it. <laughs> Did you notice when Bernard says, how many interactions have you had since you last saw me? Dolores says 168. 168 brutal encounters. Fucking jeez, especially now that she remembers. I'm going to Westworld just for Clementine. The intentions could include other hosts, though. Think or think or drink. Think or drink. Think or drink. Is the company the same one that has a charity? That's a good question, LaDon. I'm starting to think so. Hope they make him likable, right? I hate him. I like when they make people make me change my mind on them, whether they're good people, evil people. I think it's an important line that's not a throwaway line when Logan says to Dolores at one point in time, oh, you're going to like me eventually. Everyone does. I think that's the truth. I think eventually we're going to look at someone like Logan, who once he just figures out that these people are, these androids might be sentient, is going to change his opinion quickly and turn into a sort of I don't know. I, I see I see our, our opinions of him changing. Could Logan's arc be that he's the man in black? Very interesting. Kim Kelly. And great to see Kim Kelly in the live fucking chat. Great to see some new faces in here. Romero. Great to see you, Romero. I disagree that Logan isn't a bad guy. Westworld is where your unconscious becomes conscious, so Logan's behavior in the real world is still dictated by those unacted upon unconscious desires. Interesting perspective, Wolfhead. Why you lie? <laughs> That's not true. Phil, that's no tr not true. i sorry, I didn't read your above comment. No one likes two broke girls. 
<laughs> Good point. Fair. Fair. No, my God, not two broke girls. <laughs> it's important to keep in mind that he said we have stopped all disease and death in the real world. So they don't see death at all. It doesn't exist. Excellent point, Kogan. Logan is likely an unbearable narcissist in the real world. We're barely sublimated psychopath psychopathic tendencies. It would be a five-season character arc if he started out evil and ends up evil. Makes more sense for Logan and William to flip arcs. And Alicia, I can't, I can't with broke girls. Did, someone, did uh, Alicia say she likes two broke girls? I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging people for the style. <laughs> Yeah, I like some bad shows too. Did I mention? Did I mention I watch Naked Dating in Survivor constantly? So, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one to fucking judge. I have some horrible, uh, horrible fucking television tendencies too. Yeah, two broke girls—the thing you watch to hide the fact you're watching porn. Without adversities or illness, evolution becomes extinct. We stop trying to be to be better, and uh, I think. Because even in Star Trek, when people still explore, death is still a thing. They extend life to a certain point in time. But if disease and, and death was almost passed over and there was no such thing as disease and humans weren't fighting to be better and constantly conquer diseases, it would probably stop the evolution of our minds in a way. And we Great conversation going in the live chat right now. I'm not going to read, but we got Lab and Wolf and everyone having amazing discussions. I think that's one of, again, I said this a lot in the last podcast, and it's true, though. One of the most amazing things about this show is it can be analyzed in a lot of different ways. I love shows like that. I love shows that look at characters in a more of a gray way, and we can't look at things. There aren't a right and wrong. There isn't a good guy or a bad guy in any of these situations. We don't know who any of these people are, really, when it comes down to We don't know what Teresa... A Cullen or whatever her name is has been through. What kind of person's parents bring them into a park like that? <laughs> as a little kid. She goes, I was here as a little kid. <laughs> Sorry, Critch. Sorry, buddy. I was talking about you earlier though. <laughs> Lots of love to Critch, who's one of the people that helped me get into the show. And and I love discovering a show with everybody too. This is what's fun about watching a show from scratch and developing an audience and seeing the audience develop here and seeing all you guys come together and seeing which people from our whole big fucking group that likes the show and some people that don't. Like Bionic, Bionic, Joe and Katie, who are two of our big contributors and people that I have a lot of respect for their television opinions, hate this show. Find it the most boring fucking thing on television. How can you watch that? Katie used it as an example that I, you know how I use Broke Girls? She used it as an example of describing a horrible show. It's not like it was Westworld or something, I think she said. It's not like it was boring like Westworld. And I'm like, Joe, Katie, really? And I, I went on for an hour to them in a private conversation about what I loved about the show. And they're like, yeah, we don't get it. But I, but I mean, I understand. Like, it's not, this show is not for everyone. It's not a blanket suggested to everyone. Uh, someone that co-hosted my Soprano podcast till he uh, till he got lazy. But uh, Matt, you never watch Breaking Bad. And I said, Big Daddy. And I said, Big Daddy, you never watch Breaking Bad. Watch that fucking show. You're going to like it. Westworld's not a show like that. I think it's something that, watch the first episode. You'll know whether you're going to like it if it's your kind of thing. If, if, if you're trying to make it happen after the first episode, I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to know very quickly if this is the kind of thing that you're going to like or not. Here we go. 
If it was only so early, I was at home, Tim. Uh, being rich doesn't mean you're desired for you. Your money can just pretend he's the host. Uh, the host, hosts are people, which is why I think he's a pathological narcissist. LaDonna, oh, great stuff going on in the live chat right now. Great, just great fucking conversation happening in the live chat right now. Cannot say enough awesome stuff happening. Sorry, guys, I'm getting distracted by see, Anyone who's listening to the podcast, if I pause for a while and I get this very, like, oh, kind of look up. Uh, sound about my voice it means i'm just staring in the live motherfucking chat and seeing uh and seeing seeing these awesome fucking people having these great conversations about the show the hosts are certainly designed from people delios retains the rights to retain any biological material left behind in the park such as blood semen hair uh per hbo's westworld website i have to say if anyone has not played with the westworld website there are some secrets to it check that out online google easter eggs on the westworld website if you enter certain commands at certain times there's malfunctions that happen that give you clues to where the series is going to go eventually I was reading an article about it earlier. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't talk, but I'll try to bring that next week for the next show. But definitely check that out. And the website has a lot of really amazing information that adds a lot to the to the richness of the world. Critch is investing in Delios. Dolores 2.0. <laughs> oh my god. I I just, I, again, I cannot say enough things about how much I love you guys in the live fucking chat so much right now. You guys are awesome. So let's go right over here. Let's continue here. This show just, just makes me so happy. Daddy, I want a golden goose. Oh, here we go again. All right, sweetheart. All right. Daddy, give it to me. Sorry, Veruco. I don't even know why I play. Okay, I want one of those. So we go back to the saloon. We get a new new piano song. I think I'm not positive, but I thought it, it sounded like a cure song to me. I, I don't even I don't know the name of the song, but I had an ex that was way into the cure and it sounded very familiar to me. I think I'm pretty sure that the piano was playing a cure song at that point in time. But again, I could I could be wrong. Oh, we got some, we got a text from Alabama. Why would the natives have this belief system based on the hazmat suit guys unless it was Ford's master plan? Pretty sure Ford has created a larger meta narrative to make the guests as vulnerable as the hosts. Very interesting information, a very interesting speculation that connects to what, what uh, the man in black said about what Arnold's real hope was in the park to get it to a place where everyone could be hurt, where it was a, where it was a real test and it could make sense with how else would they share memories of this if Ford wasn't making sure that everyone has these echoes. Yeah, definitely check out the website. The website is amazing. Rachel Evan Wood looks like Garbo. Totally agree. The thing I'm not clear in the symbolic nature of bodies or just how synthetic. Uh, synthetic nature of the bodies or just how synthetic. I think it's a 3D printing technology that's creating a skin-based thing that feels like real skin and then there's an a it's creating even an ecto, a skeleton of sorts. It's creating a completely biological android-like creature. But I'm just I'm just kind of making that up. Totally agree. The thing. Oh, I love this show, but the clues are so minimal each episode. I like the show, but wish they would speed things up in the plot points. Or he could be using lonely and using sex to fill the void. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. Did you notice that Elise? Elise was wa all worried about stabilizing the wetware and were to download information from the roaming host. Excellent point right there. I wonder what she's up to, too. She obviously has her own agenda. KLC, have a great class. Thank you for checking in, buddy. Great to see you, as always. 
Uh, at minimum, the goop is likely better than a Big Mac goop. Joshua, just how exactly are the real synthetic? Okay, we got that going on in the live chat right now about the synthetic stuff. Lots of fun stuff happening in the live chat right now. So if you haven't not joining us live and you're watching this later, check out the live. Check out us live if you can. Usually the if you subscribe to our channel and set it up for updates, you can usually get an update when we go live. They'll send you an email so you'll know exactly when we go up. And these Westworld podcasts, sometimes I might do two a week if I miss a week. But usually we'll either be on Monday or Tuesdays, either evening or afternoon, because I wasn't planning on doing this show. It sort of needs to fit in. I need to find places, and in a couple weeks I'm starting a new job, so I'm not sure how that's going to all spread itself out. So until I'm able to do this five days a week, I have to work around my job. So these... These podcasts should be on Tuesdays and Mondays, so subscribe, check it out, or if you're listening to the audio podcast later, check out, you can watch the live streams on the YouTube channel, subscribe to that. If you want to leave your comments or questions, check that out at 781-990-8509, leave a comment or a text, and please give us some star ratings on iTunes, and tell us what you really think, and let us know, or wherever you are listening to this podcast, it really helps spread the word and get the podcast to more and more people, and takes us one step closer to doing this all the time, so here we go, mmm, grilled cheese sandwich, oh fuck, I want a grilled cheese sandwich too, we got Mo in the live chat, great to see Mo. One of the great people. Love Mo. Wasn't that the... Oh, okay. That's the name of the song. I knew it was The Cure. I wasn't sure the name of The Cure, but it was The Forest by The Cure, says Boer. Thank you so much for that information, Boer. Oh, Phil, off topic, but do you know somebody who I can... (laughs) Tim wants to know if there's someone I can... uh, He can punch from AMC. If you listen to last year's uh, finale of The Walking Dead podcast, you can hear the number you can call. (laughs) So you can verbally punch somebody. (laughs) <laughs> so here we go and uh so back at the saloon we get a new piano song the cure it's a good uh now uh Maeve is she's like tripping out and just having some flashbacks while she's talking to what is that girl's name again you guys said it in the live chat that other main character uh the other hooker so Maeve eventually goes upstairs in this situation and she finds some, she write, draws a sketch of the vision she sees in her head. And it's just a really awesome moment where it's it's almost harkens back to Memento in a sense where she finds all the different drawings that she's made of, of this at different times. And this is one of those things where... Is she having memories? Has this been happening for a long time that she's starting to, that the time period's jumping? Like, she's seen this many times before, and she's putting them all in as messages to herself in the future. And again, it was a very much uh, a, I felt very memento like that in that moment. Clementine, thank you guys, and thank you Joshua and Jax. Question, are Ford and Bernard both doing the same thing without knowing? Does Ford know Bernard's up to because he knows everything? E. Martinez, that's what I think. I think Ford is completely, I think Ford is almost omnipotent of everything that goes on in his park. And he's not unaware of anything. He knows that who's Bernard's sleeping with. He knows what Bernard's doing. He knows that Dolores is, he just knows. So I think that Hopkins Ford is playing a game on a different level than anybody else. He's Varys and Littlefinger wrapped into one character in this whole situation. He's playing on a higher level than anybody else. She's a bay, right, Jax? Uh, she is. She's enough reason to. She's enough reason to visit Westworld. Uh, 
these drawings look like aliens. I know they're technicians, but almost like aliens have come down experimenting on humans on Earth. Maeve is making my journey on her without the help of Dolores. Or Maeve is making the journey with without the help of Dolores is getting. She knows the shit is wrong just from, yeah, just from the death and sex and learning all that. She's on her own discovery. Oh my God, LaDonna, we're all robots. Is it possible that the narrative of aliens is purposely programmed into the host in order to provide an excuse for employees fuck up? Joshua, ding, 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 motherfucker. That's a very good point, Joshua. Like that, I'm gonna ring a bell or some shit for you. Joshua, this is my baby rattle that I had. When I was a young kid, I kept it. Not that I knew that I kept it, but that's what that shit was. But I think you might be onto something right there. That might be might be something that was included in. We might find that out later. I hope Gina Torres' character has a bigger part to play. She's too awesome for me in this tiny bit of role. N- no, there's no little finger without the ladder. Well, Joshua, <laughs> very good point. And there's no... Uh, there's, there's uh, Well, you could say that maybe in the way that if Ford set this up or maybe Arnold could be that situation that he's using the chaos as a ladder to form life. But uh, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole I don't want to claw, claw down right now. I'll end up talking about a different show. <laughs> it happens without, without trying to. So, okay, so then we see back in the lab, we see Elise trying to solve the real. I finally know her name, Raising Hope Girl, Elise, trying to solve what the hell's happening with the robot smashing its head. She thinks it might be a version of the Sumerian effect. Uh, we haven't seen this in the show, but I guess it's just, uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this. I didn't even do my own recap. I'm just reading from a different person's recap. Uh, <laughs> in articles recap. Thank you, Entertainment Weekly or some shit like that. So if uh, some of this shit isn't my own perspective, if I'm saying it, if I'm saying things like that. Uh, so blah, 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 hurt by another guest. It's, uh, but if a guest is in danger of being hurt by another guest or in a situation, a host will reflexively, oh, and I think someone said this in the live chat last week as well. Uh, someone in our, our live chat suggested this, that will, a host will reflexively take action to protect them. She also has a strange carving that Stubbs told her was Orion last week. She's got, I got hosts climbing on mountains, consulting the fucking astrological charts. What the fuck is going on here? I got dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Is it possible that it's a manifestation of its Samaritan reflex? And it's also possible that behavior takes a proprietary approach to problems like this. Critch says, I'm a robot. I want some motherfucking repair work. <laughs> oh, hear me typing in the background. Do you have any idea what caused it to go off loop? No. But I am hoping to recover some of its cognition. We managed to stabilize its wetware before there was too much decomposition. See? Interesting. Is there any hope of actually extracting something from this? We can try. No. My team will take over the investigation now. Your team? Are you kidding me? Look, this guy couldn't debug a balled-up napkin. If he would like us to figure out what went wrong here, we need to be allowed to access it. No more second chances. QA will handle events like this from now on. Is that going to be a problem, Bernard? Yeah, Tim, the hosts are a bunch of datas. Fine. Just get us a copy of the post-mortem when it's done. Let's get started. To answer your question, Tim, yes, data data would be a host. 
Fistful of Datas is one of the programs in Westworld. You. See you, Laugh. I always figured you gave me this job because I speak my mind. Oh my gosh. I did. Lots of love, Lav. Lots of love to you and uh, hope, hope she's doing well. And it's just a quick bug that's going around. Big hug. Go hug yourself, Lav. I would have preferred you not show up at all if the first thing you were going to do is cave. They think we're not telling them something. And we're not. There is clearly a pattern of behavior here. First there's Abernathy, and now there's this. I mean, I've got hosts imagining voices and climbing mountaintops to consult their astrological chart. This is not a fucking glitch. And for some reason, you don't want me to tell anyone. It's like everybody around here has got some kind of fucking agenda except for me. And... I remember when I first started here, the host seemed very lifelike. You begin to read things into their behaviors. Don't be patronizing. Fine. The hosts don't imagine things. You do. That's not Orion. There are three stars in Orion's belt, not four. But the hand was shaky, Bernard. You know, Bernard's afraid of other people discovering it. Uh, so is Westworld another planet? It just seems like it's probably this big, huge reserve, but it might be another planet. I would not be surprised. Data is smarter than these hosts because Sung developed him as an android to learn and develop and also be more and more human and discover things as he was going on, where these hosts are fitted with chips, palsitronic brains that reset every day so that they can won't remember that so they're more like holodeck programs it's weird so they're androids like data with minds like holodeck programs and essentially one of them dolores is becoming the doctor <laughs> sorry guys sorry to the non-star trek fans out there for some of these star trek references some of us are making <laughs> yeah most of the hosts seems like advanced bio-organic creations made to be perfect human replicas great to see you man for you in the live chat the girl is going to die if she doesn't uh, mind her fucking business. I totally agree. I totally agree. Plot twist hosts can get pregnant, in my opinion. <laughs> Laughing my ass off. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Elise is, she's sort of the realness in the park, but she also, they haven't really, they haven't really explored it in a while, but if people remember correctly, Elise was getting off making out with hosts, or she at least wanted to make out with Clementine. But as someone pointed out, that's not a that's not a damning statement. <laughs> that's not you can't say anything bad about someone that just wanted to make out with Clementine. But but ultimately, who has those uh, Dylan McKay Dylan McKay's wife from Nine Hundred Two and O eyes going on? Uh, <laughs> one second, I have to answer the text. Sorry, doing a podcast. Answer you after. Okay, so uh, we all, uh, this show is so littered with Michael Crichton Easter eggs, it wouldn't surprise me if Westworld could be on another plane of some sort. Shrinking or phasing from something could be involved. Uh, so wait, when did this become Total Recall? Tim, it also has a lot of Total Recallness to it. It's, uh, it's similar to the point where guests pay exorbitant amounts of money to go on vacations to experience these things. So it is very much... I mentioned this a lot in some of the earlier recaps. It's Total Recall, Holodeck, Star Trek, uh, the original movies. I haven't seen the second movie. I haven't seen Future World yet. I've only seen Westworld, the movie. Taking all those thoughts and ideas and mixing them around together. Oh, I said ideas correct. I have to say it in my, my way. Ideas. Ears. There's some ideas here. <laughs> I, homed, I assumed that that STD was programming. 
Teddy needs payback. He might be the one to take out 40 prompts, a new storyline and make it more brutal. I think we're seeing all of this for Teddy, unless they just keep this, keep this, this uh, gag going through the whole series. I assume that we're seeing all of this for Teddy because Teddy's eventually, once he discovers, once he has the awakening, so to speak, he's going to be the most pissed of all the hosts. As much as we think it might be Dolores because of all the life she's lived, Teddy, once he realizes, gets sentience and realizes what's going on, Teddy's going to be the the most evil of all the... I think that might be an amazing acting thing for James Marden. Is that Marston or whatever his name is? That... Maybe he's going to have a complete shift of character by next season or something like that where he turns into someone evil because he's sensing and feeling everything that's been going on. Uh, I don't know. That's just a quick quick thought pattern, but I would think he would be the one that would be the most fucked up. And Teddy needs payback. I saw Westworld when it first came out in the 70s. That's how old I am. I can't understand. It seems like the day keeps repeating itself with the hosts, but then the visitors stay overnight, so I don't get it. And all the cleanups, when do those happen? In the movie, they happen overnight. But I'm guessing they happen here once a scene's done and people return and they come in. A cleanup team comes and switches it out. I think there are ongoing storylines that do repeat every day, like in a Majora's Mask sort of way, where everything's on a certain cycle. And if people don't know what I'm talking about, Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is a Zelda video game where the goal is to get the best three-day cycle to solve the mystery. And the three days are constantly cycling through. I think it's probably a game like that, where the main storyline constantly goes through it has different things that come through but it's on a 24 or 48 hour cycle i don't even know what the exact time cycle of it is maybe it's a 12 hour cycle who knows maybe it's it could the whole day could be shrinkened in westworld if it's a really enclosed location where it's day six hours night six hours day six hours night six hours i mean who knows how it works in there james marsden thank you guys I would say Westworld is on Earth. One of my theories is it could be a dome or something, some sort of force field. They seem to have limited space, that's for sure, because we haven't seen any fence yet. And yeah, I agree, Phil. I keep thinking to the fact that they they have to get to from a train. So it, it's, it could be Antarctica, a big giant dome on Antarctica or some shit like that. Or fucking in the future, Australia has been completely wiped out and it's, it's completely a dome over Australia or something. Who knows where it is or they built a giant island or something. Who knows what kind of technology is in this world and what year we're in to the point where Kogan was saying this earlier. We live in a world that has no disease, that they've conquered every disease. So it's safe to say that they could have created a lot of different different cons different possibilities for where this actually is excuse me Mm. loops roll over some are one day some may go for weeks there may be overlaps but guests will have moved on if rich enough to repeat the loop yeah it could be a man-made island we have to wait to see i cannot wait well the holodeck is a kind of small room that dictates it but the difference between this is i forgot the last comparison jurassic park where this is actually a physical location that you go in. This is not, as far as we know, not any sort of holographic sort of thing going on. There's no hologram graphic technology as far as we know it at all going on here. Haven't seen any rain yet. I don't think it can be too far. Ford bought in that giant digging machine, like the biggest on Earth. So it has to be accessible on some level. Great point, uh, Azimuth Games. Island idea sounds good. Yeah, we'll go with that that's our, that that's our uh that's everyone's working theory that will be our working theory here <laughs> sure 
So, okay, so then Logan, William, and Dolores make it down to the border village that we saw the man in black visiting a couple of episodes ago. She finds that the creepy daughter, Dolores has a flashback to the to a life in the church. Her vision has a memory of the moon or they, it's it's really fucked up what happens here. I can't even begin to explain it, but it's done exceptionally well the way it teases what the way that they're teasing the minds. She seems like she's the most awoken of any of the hosts, but but also Maeve seems to be getting there too. Now, we see a sheriff show up that tries to take Dolores back to the ranch, and we don't know, I'm not sure, is this a staff member that's starting to become aware of it, or that's like, no, you're not where you're supposed to be, or is it a self-correcting computer program that knows Dolores is way off loop? But William steps in saying she's with him and stops her from being retrieved, and Dolores tells William that she used to worry about the stairs finding a way back home. It never occurred to me that they were bringing us back to slaughter. Now, Teddy said something about a stare in the first episode, too. I'm sorry, I'm reading someone else's notes. So, so the, it's, it's a very interesting scene where we see how the, is the park self-correcting or is it people coming to get Dolores and collect her? Staff members sent by control, says Critch. They sent that guy, says Kogan. Island map. Is, oh, the island map is only a hologram. Good point, Z. My working theory is that this show is about drugs. <laughs> Maeve is more advanced because I think with Bernard's help, Dolores is still taking forever to awake. Yes, Dolores grabbed that guy's arm with a pretty fierce look. Yes, absolutely. I meant I, I meant to mention that Dolores, when she when the guy tries to take her back, she gives him a fuck no look that I think could be foreshadowing to where Dolores's mind is going to go eventually. Come on. Oh Let's no! Back. Shut up. Com- Fucking commercial. <laughs> Fuck you, commercial. So, yeah, no, close, not ad. I don't want to open your stupid ad. I want to close the fucking commercial. What a dick. What a dick commercial. Sorry about that. So, uh, oh, I think that guy was the staff that she grabbed pretty hard. Uh, again, I have, I definitely need to rewatch the episode, but that would be even cooler if that, if the mind that's starting to develop is allowing her to hurt humans. So, okay, so here we go. Let's continue with this, with this recap here. And I'm sorry, I'm doing doing some window dragging. Dolores and uh, the douche friend are on a robot bounty hunt. They asked to uh, stop killing everything. Now we see Ed Harris at one point dragging Lawrence around the desert trying to solve the Westworld mystery. Uh, they're looking for a snake. And they spot a beautiful woman in a massive snake tattoo bathing topless with her, with her pants uh, bathing topless with her pants on. I don't know. The woman that we've never seen before is... Uh, she is wants to I'm sorry I'm I'm all over the place I'm losing my place in my notes I'm an idiot I don't know what I don't know what the fuck happens <laughs> The men in black continues across the desert with his captive gunslinger only Roblox he hits is solving a riddle getting the location of the maze but with Lawrence in tow he's following the arrow but then he needs to find the snake that lays its eggs and the whole world's a story I've read every page except for the last one I want to find out what it all means he says then he spots the outlaw Armistice, I think her name is, Hector's right-hand woman bathing by the river. She has a red snake tattoo. The Men in Black kills a couple of her host members of her gang to make room for himself, and, and him and Lawrence join her. 
A couple of the gang members, this is where we get this. A couple of the gang members are guests. And Men in Black knows who they are, knows that they're guests so he doesn't shoot them. How does he automatically know a human versus a host? Anyways, they say to him that they know who he is and they thank him for saving their child's life to which he says, I come here for my vacation. If you, your foundation saved my child's life, I think is what she says. If you don't shut your mouths and help me, stop me from enjoying my vacation, I'm going to cut your fucking necks. The role Ed Sharon should have never had a facelift. His craggy face is perfect for the role. I agree, LaDonna. I cannot wait to see him and Anthony Hopkins acting together in the next episode because they're my two favorite things going on in the show. On the disease comment, we're led to believe that Bernard died, Bernard died from some sickness, so this world that they're building has some holes in their logic. My favorite part of the episode was another guest rec- was recognized him and tried to talk to him about the real world. I thought he was going to kill that guy. Yeah, that's this part right now, E. Martinez, and he wanted to kill them for breaking him out of his fantasy. So then we get the transition with the men in black on the back of the stagecoach, and he we get to, we get to the men in black baking Hector out of jail. He gets arrested, but then he uses some exploding cigars to break out, and he gets the next clue. The next clue is about this guy Wyatt that we heard about in the last episode, the cult leader that was added to Teddy's backstory. And it has connected to this maze puzzle that we heard about earlier in the episode with Bernard and Dolores. It's something about this maze. Getting to the center of the maze means something. Does it mean the higher game that's involved? Like someone suggested earlier in the chat. Does it mean the center of the maze equals sentience? In discovering is at another higher level, like in Star Trek, again, with Data's dreams that Dr. Sung specifically put in Data's mind that if he could get to the point where he could reach the dream sense, that was when he was completely a life form because dreaming and, and imagining would, uh, would allow his brain to reach some, some epic level. And is that the maze, reaching that epic level in the game? Quick side note, that was the one episode of Star Trek Next Generation, one of the episodes, the two-part episodes, that Star Trek Next Generation, that Julian Bashir or Doran Martell was on Star Trek The Next Generation because the Enterprise was docked in Deep Space Nine, which runs parallel to the Deep Space Nine premiere episode that, <laughs> because Picard shows up on that. So that's the episode that takes place at that same time period, if you're doing the Star Trek time period matchup shit. Okay, enough of that. So... Yeah, the real stuff in this is the Men in Black is apparently a celebrity of some sorts in the real world. Your foundation literally saved my sister's life, the guest says to the Men in Black. One more world and I'll cut your throat. This is my fucking vacation. Now, don't you dare fucking break character around the Men in Black. Suddenly, he goes from a menacing psycho. This is this is from someone else's article. I'm reading someone else's words right here. The Men in Black goes from s- seemingly like a menacing psycho to a dork playing Dungeons and Dragons who yells at other players for taking a bathroom break. So, who is he outside the park that these people know him by face? Maybe because he saved their sister's life, he, they saw the brochure, so they know him by face. But it's enough name recognition that they know him enough to go, oh, that's you. We know you. Thank you. So, maybe he's a super nice guy on the outside. Picard isn't nice in that episode. No, he isn't. He's an asshole to Cisco, especially considering what Cisco went through 
in that episode and in that data episode he's not going into. And I think that's why Picard's such an asshole because the same time he's getting bitch slapped by Cisco on Deep Space Nine emissary episode because of what Picard did to Cisco's family. I'm not going to ruin Deep Space Nine for people, but Picard did something evil to Cisco's family and Cisco's getting him back. So it makes sense why he's an asshole in that moment in that episode to, to what's going on through Data's mind. Sorry. <laughs> Johnny Cash is the man in black. Shut up, Phil. I feel like the maze means something different to Bernard than it does to Ford and something completely even different to Arnold. Hmm. I, w I have a cool, we have a request for two process, uh, oh, yeah, for two pyrotechnic effects. I missed that. Right before the blow up, the man in black uses cigars to blow up. He requests pyrotechnics from outside of the park. So again, more evidence that he's definitely not a host and that is something that they can do that they can request outside explosions. It's like bring your own booze. You can bring your own BYOP. You can bring your own pyrotechnics. Hmm. Thank you, Tim. It it all connect, it all connected right there for me. Uh, my Star Trek and uh, Westworld minds. Part of the reason why I like talking about Westworld, it gives me an excuse to talk about Star Trek. So again, we bump into the thought of the men in, the men in black, Ed Harris's character. What is his agenda? Who is he? What's he doing? Is he an evil person? Is he a is he a creature of Ford and of or is he the working essence of what Arnold was Arnold was trying to do to develop this game? He knows about Arnold. He name drops Arnold in this in this episode. So he knows what Arnold is doing. So it just makes a lot of sense that maybe he wants to turn the switch on, turn the turn the switch on that allows people to be hurt in the park. So, yeah, the man in black also Name drops Arnold and gives a major clue to his goals here. He created a world where you can do everything you want except die, which means no matter how real it seems, it's just a game. I believe he had one story left to tell, a story with real stakes, real violence. You can say, I'm here to honor his legacy. Wow. Okay, that says a fucking enough right there. So it seems to me that he spells it right out. Somehow he got a hold of what Arnold's real work was, whether Arnold delivered that to him, whether he uncovered it because the company that he's a part of has some associations with, with Delios and there's some references going on connected there. Ed Harris's character knows what Arnold wanted to do and thinks that the clue to that, the solution to that is to get inside the maze. Someone said it in the live chat a second ago. Bernard thinks something very different inside there. And Ford probably thinks something very different inside that too. It seems like the, we don't have to wait long to get the maze. It seems like the goddamn maze is in the next fucking episode. God. Okay, so here we go into this next scene. And I, I think I just need to... A little cycle like... Uh... <laughs> I think this next scene... I just, I just need to play. This is the Ford and Dr. Cullen scene. Let's just listen to this one. Come with me. So he takes her. She comes up and shows up. Very scared. She meets Bernard the night before, who kind of gives her a pep talk to not be scared in front of Ford. Ford meets her, tries to de uh, break it down with a, a joke at first, and then he takes her to this restaurant in the middle of, of Westworld. And start showing her the construction of what's going on. The changes you're making. 
You want to protect your legacy. My legacy? <clears throat> the legacy. You don't like this place very much, do you? I've seen many of you come and go over the years, and I can tell the ones who enjoy the time here and the ones who don't. I admire it. The audacity of it. Oh. I've forgotten how beautiful it is. I came here once as a child with my parents. I think we even sat at this table. Or maybe, maybe that one. Talk to you soon, PCI. Thank you, everyone. When I started working here, I realized this place wasn't something I would enjoy. And it's interesting that she mentions in that moment, I think this is the table I was sitting at, or maybe it was a table over, or she says that in a second ago, and Forge just sitting there, Anthony Hopkins. I love, I say this every week, and I'm going to say it again here. I love that Anthony Hopkins has a place to work this much. Getting to see him in movies every once in a while is really awesome, but getting to see him on a week-to-week -week show, doing what he does, and it's it reaffirms my belief of how awesome an actor he is. Because sometimes you think he can be cartoonish, you know, like he's so Hannibal Lecter or whatever. He's such a fucking talented dude. And to see him give this much on the show like this, it's a lot of fun. We're really lucky to have him on the show. It reminds me of like on Game of Thrones, having someone like Charles Dance. And it's every time he's on there and every time he's on screen, you're like, like we're so lucky to have this guy on this show right now. And I'm just so, we're so fucking lucky to have Anthony Hopkins on a show that we're watching week to week and giving performances like this. In the beginning, I imagined things would be perfectly balanced. Even had a bet with my partner, Arnold, to that effect. We made a hundred hopeful storylines. Of course, almost no one took us up on them. I lost the bet. Arnold always held a somewhat dim view of people. He preferred the hosts. He begged me not to let you people in. The money men. Delos. But I told him we'd be fine, that you didn't understand what you were paying for. He just said Delos there too. I missed it the first time I watched it. He said, you people, Delos. It's not a business venture, not a theme park, but an entire world. He designed every inch of it. Right, Every blade of grass. right there at this point, in somewhere in there, where you can hear the music change. The show is, I, I don't talk about it enough. LaDonna mentioned it earlier, but the music designer is the same guy who does Game of Thrones and stuff like that. The music in this show tells the story. You can just listen to it, and it tells every moment you need to hear. You hear that little, weird, surreal change to the music tone, and that's right when suddenly the waiter's pouring wine and the wine just tops off. It just keeps rising up. And you're asking yourself while you're watching that, isn't he pouring too much wine? That's a big glass of wine. That's a big fucking glass of wine for a work meeting here. And it just stops and the androids freeze and the wine just stops pouring. And then you see all the androids in the fields, the, like hundreds, almost close to a thousand of however many were working, all stop. And Anthony Hopkins didn't say or do anything. Or maybe he moved his finger a little bit, but he just keeps talking. And Everything just starts stopping. It is the most amazing scene I've seen in a long time. It reminded me of 
I don't know, I don't even want to say it, but it reminded me of some deep other shows that you get on HBO. It's just been such a fucking amazing scene, and the level of it was incredible. And I I haven't liked this actress, but the way she plays it with her eyes not saying much, just looking at them when she tries to defend herself against Ford, too, she really brought it to the table, too. This was probably my favorite scene of the entire series so far. Next, this or the Dolores and Anthony Hopkins scene that we had a couple of episodes ago. I just I can't say enough incredible things about what this scene did and how it was presented and how much power Anthony Hopkins said. People were saying in the live chat, Anthony Hopkins just he had a, a mild heel turn. This like don't fuck with me. Just this, it made me question whether he is really Arnold and re is all this stuff. It just it created so much more, so many more questions about who this person is and how much power he actually has of everything that's going on. Could he at any point trigger thousands of these things to just kill in his command? Could he get rid of all these people if he wanted to and create his own perfect utopia for himself? He doesn't need their permission to create this new storyline. He's doing what the fuck he wants. Oh, I'm realizing I'm drinking water when I should be talking. Here we go. And you are merely our guests. And we can. It's just like when. Incomparable. Uh, okay, just to go to the finger thing, like people thought he might be doing the Matumbo finger, finger to people. Not in my house. He also he also did a similar thing in the was it episode one with the snake in the desert. And how did that? Did he uh, didn't he control the snake in the desert with his hand? So maybe he has some sort of implant that allows him to control any of the andro any of the androids with his with his hands. His god complex is disturbing. Well, they not have a code to kill, but like they said before, this one line of code, Ford could easily remove that one line of code with a virus or something and have his own army. Uh, maybe you still get old as in you look older, but they can just give you brand new organs all inf indefinitely. Meaning how old is, is Ford? That goes to that question where we know that Bernard's been working at the park for 30 years. My other question, a couple of people have been hinting at it in the live chat, so I don't want to Say I'm coming up with this. I'm coming up with this from your thoughts. A couple of people have suggested maybe Bernard is an android and maybe his whole family died and Bern his whole family and Bernard died and Ford recreated a Bernard android with the memories up to the point right before he died or something like that to make him seem like his family died because he felt like he couldn't go on without Bernard or something. Who knows? And that's why he's so protective of him and knows everything that's going on with the process. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of theory crafting tinfoil hatting there a little bit, but. Sadly, he lost his perspective. He went mad. <laughs> Don't you go mad. I haven't. As you well know, I have always seen things very clearly. <laughs> this is the table I sat at with my parents. And this is the next total mindfuck. You think that was mindfuck enough? You think what he just said to her there and all that interaction right there was enough of Anthony Hopkins fucking with your mind? I, again, wanted him to say at the end of all this, you want some fava beans with that? I mean, he, like, he was up, he fucking, he ganked her ass. 
He just, he totally fucked with her in every possible way. He put her on tilt. And then when she stammily goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is the table. This is the chair I sat in. We know everything about our guests, don't we? As we know everything about our employees. <laughs> Translation, I know everything about you. I do hope you will be careful with Bernard. He has a sensitive disposition. <laughs> and she's so scared she tries to light a cigarette in this scene and she's she's like the guy if you've ever seen god the movie the godfather when spoiler alert of the godfather when michael is outside the hospital trying to protect from salazzo's men that show up at the hospital to try to uh, finish the job on don corleone and he has an enzo the baker's kid be there right next to him to try to act like one of the tough thugs and he brings out a cigarette and tries to light the cigarette afterwards and he can't now pacino realizes that he's meant for this because he's not shaking and lights the lighter right away her cigarette is shaking at the same temperature that that guy's cigarette <laughs> shake that having to deal with this truly scared thank your pardon senorita There have been many of you over the years, and we have always, almost. I see. Always have a have a good time. We'll be wrapping things up very soon. We're on, so I'm on, I sort of ending things. So I will ask you nicely. Please don't get in my way. <laughs> and then he doesn't fuck around. He he Walter White's here, her right there. Now Hank, spoiler alert of Breaking Bad. Spoiler alert of Breaking Bad. He Walter White's to Hank's her. He goes, you know, if I am this guy, if I am this guy that I appear to be, you know what you want to do, Hank? You know what you might want to do? Tread lightly. <laughs> Don't get in my fucking way. <laughs> wow. You know what he said to her? He got in her face and he is like, listen, Listen, my friend, listen, you know what you need to do? A fuck out, Pam. <laughs> Sorry, my computer was messing up there for a second. But yeah, he, he tells, basically tells her, to, tells her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Off topic, remember when Harry said on the Flash, every Earth has the Godfather. Yay. I don't know if you have the Godfather on your Earth. Cisco, every every Earth has the Godfather. His wife could have just been a simulation, not an android. Yeah, talking about uh, talking about Bernard being an android. That's what Azra, Azimuth was saying. Tim Gersh in the motherfucking house. Al Red Sox fan, great to see you, buddy. The, the vid call could have been a simulation to give Bernard a sense of self. This series has been over for how long? I don't think spoilers are necessary still, Phil. I almost say it in, in a condescending sort of way because invariably I'll say something like, if I don't say that, someone will send me a message. Phil, you spoil Breaking Bad for me. Go fuck yourself. Just because I didn't say it. So I just say it almost, it's almost a spite say. Oh yeah, spoiler for this fucking thing right here. <laughs> Especially in a in a uh, two however long this podcast is in the middle of the middle of a Westworld podcast, you know. Sorry if I make reference to one of the most iconic lines of Breaking Bad ever.
So just an amazing scene with an incredible topped off line. The don't, oh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> An amazing topped off line. Don't, uh, don't get in my fucking way. <laughs> Grin, Phil, do you think Anthony Hopkins is an android? Very possibly, very possibly. If not, he's just on a higher level than anybody else in the way he controls the park is just obvious. And I almost would love it if he is just a single, he is that Arnold is something he made up. And someone said this in the live chat a second ago when I saw that, that maybe Arnold isn't real and it's just part of this new storyline that he's setting in. Is anyone else around from the original, this of the park, from the park was originally created? Bernard came in 30 years ago, but the park had been open for years earlier. And Ed Harris knows about, knows about uh, Arnold, but does he actually know Arnold? Oh, I think I dropped. I think I dropped my headphones one too many times on the ground. <laughs> oh my gosh! I hear that. I hear that. Oh, it's what's what did Jack say? I, what did he? What did what did that Jack say? Let me scroll up a little bit. Get to, uh, the vid. Oh yeah, the vid call could be a simula simulation. What if Arnold is the creator and lives in the world and let Ford tend to the world? Unlikely, but still awesome. Okay, so we're at the point that's been giving so many hints. The man in black and the maze and the board, they should try to assemble them in some sort of working theory. Oh, no, this is just theory crafting that we've been doing. Okay, so then back in the park, Logan and William are still bickering. Logan kills the sheriff and the hosts. Dolores, Sut and uh, suddenly Logan's interested in playing this game again as Billy's like, no, I got to get it. And he's like, no, you don't understand. We just, we just killed a very special host that is the most amazing Easter egg in the park that sets us off one of the higher level missions. And that's, again, one of the reasons why I'm liking Logan or the character of Logan, because he's the one that's most into this as a game. And the one that's looking at this as a game, he's like, oh, I got an Easter egg. Whoa, yay, fucking Easter egg. And... Uh, and they just, and this is also in the moment, I mentioned this earlier, where Logan refer, says to uh, Dolores, oh, you're looking at me that way because you hate me or something like that. Don't worry. Eventually, you're going to like me. And I think that is a foreshadowing to a point where I do think maybe eventually Dolores may like Tyler. I keep calling him Tyler, Logan. Oh, shit. What if Arnold is the creator? Oh, yeah. I heard a spoiler of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Well, I got I got a spoiler about Player of the Apes. Listen, <laughs> I have a uh, Citizen Kane spoiler for you about Rosebud. Okay, so back in Sweetwater, <laughs> you had one chance and you blew it. <laughs> so back in Sweetwater, <clears throat> excuse me, mm. Hector and his crew come to rob the saloon. We've seen this before. It's basically the same scene that we got with the Rolling Stone music uh, to the painted black thing. But now the outcome ends up very different. Maeve, once he gets into it, knowing what's going to happen, because she's Bruce, uh, Bill Murray'd this Groundhog Day's this day so many times now in her mind. She remembers it. She knows the exact spot where this guy's going to be. She holds him by gunpoint, goes, come upstairs with me. I know what you want. And she says that, she wants to know who these hooded figures are, and she knows he wants the safe and will unlock the safe for him if he answers her a bunch of questions. So he wants her, ultimately, at the couple questions she asks, she asks about it, it's a 
it's a sign from the natives. Natives say these people are healers or whatever. And he said, she goes, one more thing. It's really fucking, she's like, sit it. And he's like, listen, we don't have time to have sex. If, if, if I wanted to have sex with you, you wouldn't have any, any hope of what time it was. Awesome, awesome line delivery by that actress. I love her. I mentioned this a lot. I love this actress that plays Maeve. And she, this was her best episode. And she killed it in this episode. I still think Anthony Hopkins would win my whole butthole award of like kicking the most ass in the episode. But I do need to say that this actress that plays Maeve killed it. And Evan Rachel Wood's amazing in everything she's done so far in the show. But she's just, no, cut me right here. Cut me right. And Hector is, the guy who plays Hector is just like, I can't do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to cut a woman. I'm not going to cut an un woman without a weapon. I'm just not going to do that. And so she goes, you fucking pussy. <laughs> and grabs the and grabs the blade, uh, sanitizes it for a second or burns it, cuts herself open, grabs her hand in what I was like, disgusting yet still oddly sexual scene. He, he just dives at her neck and sticks his hand inside her and pulls out one of the bullets that remained in her body that she saw in her visions. Throws it down on the ground and right as at the same time that some people are coming into town, so they have to clean it up quick. So the 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 house in the box is like, yeah, we need to clean it up. Send in the marshals, and the marshals coming in and killing all the gang members. And they show up to the door, open the door, and Maeve goes, he goes, what's this mean? You were right. There was a bullet in there. What's this all mean? And she says, it means none of this matters. And she kisses him, and then they are all they're killed, not killed. They're stopped this time for the day. Their storyline stopped for now by a wave of bullets and that's how the episode ends fucking this app this show knows how to end episodes it really does and it did it again and cannot say enough amazing things about this episode of westworld let's go to a couple fun facts and then i'm going to go back in the live chat and and try to clear as much of the comments as possible and then we're going to call it a day ed harris's episode had an excellent episode showing the balance of his character upgrade when Tyler gets a new gun. Yeah, he also gets a new gun and goes upgrade. I mentioned that earlier. Now, Elise, uh, the Raising Hope character, she's probably my least favorite character on the show. I kind of wish we saw the writer guy a little bit more, but I guess he's so over the top, you can only use him a little bit. But I'm not such a fan of the character of Elise. And uh, Stubbs are my two least favorite characters in the show. But I, I, whatever. The, they're not horrible. They're just not as interesting to me as some of the other things going on. Dolores scene in the village reminds us of what Lawrence's daughter is apparently the non-horror movie gatekeeper to the maze. But the best part of was Dolores' run-in with a random marshal. The stare down between the two of them was the most intense moments of the show as produced, implying that the characters' host personas have temporarily vanished, revealing two elements of the parks in opposition. One trying to restore order by imposing itself. The other also how many random marshals are running around or just people. I think we both said that. Just This is someone else's uh, quick thoughts and stuff. I think that's the case that the marshal was actually a a member of Stubbs's team or something. Now, uh, Logan's family, which Will is marrying into, owns a stake in the park that gets referenced at some point. William really doesn't like being called Billy for some reason. The Billy reference really set him off. Now, Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's just it the whole the whole thing that's happening with Teddy is fucking hilarious. And it's just fun watching James Marsden go through all of this stuff, and it makes makes for very entertaining television. <laughs> and uh, that is this episode of Westworld. Again, I, this is my this is my favorite episode of the season. 
This episode was a 10 out of 10 for me, 10 out of 10 full buttholes. There was nothing I didn't like about this episode. I even liked the Elise character and her limited scene that she had with Bernard. And she's my least favorite character on the show. I thought this was the best episode of the season. So let me go into the live chat before I call it a day. Don't like the idea of Ford being so omnipotent. There are so many people with different agendas. I don't want him to control everything. They didn't say there is a fucking... Do you think that Anthony Hopkins has an implant that allows him to speak to the minds of some hosts like Dolores? It's that's an excellent point, Lord Eddard Stark, uh, Jeffrey. So, and I think that's an awesome point because if you watch this back, I think I said something similar earlier in the podcast. So great fucking minds think alike. And I think you're a genius. I think you are a genius. And that's the perfect thought. This show reminds me of a show called Dollhouse. Maybe it ends like Battlestar and the hosts are Adam and Eve, says Kogan. Logan is the representative of the company, as we all know. Well, if he isn't, I would be surprised. Me too, man Man for you. Dollhouse was fun, says Critch. Uh, yeah, great idea, uh, Kogan. I agree, it's a great idea. I thought it was just like a memory. It's a madhouse, a fucking madhouse. Gotta be Arnold's voice. Gotta run. Yeah, I'm running too, Alicia. Always fun. See you guys for the next one. Thank you so much for joining me, Alicia. Lots of love to you. Android on Android death sex. Yeah, it was a death sex pack for Android. If there's no death in the world, how come Bernard's son, son dies? Backstory upload. I was thinking Arnold too, but maybe Bernard with the boss's help. Uh, n- Phil, did you watch Dollhouse? I have not watched it yet. Upgraded with 2DS for double dose. I forget what the line is. Uh, don't like the idea for... Oh, we said that. They didn't say there's no death. There's no illness. How that reconciles it, idea. Uh, Solient green. Yeah. And I think I said a couple of times... In, in a mistake that there's no death, but there's uh, <clears throat> there's just no sicknesses. So there's still there still is death at some point. So if Android has sex with another Android and one guest gets pregnant, do they get a baby toaster? <laughs> yeah, she's not likable, but I like that she isn't isn't dumb. I agree, E. Martinez. I saw the movie too first night. Uh, so Phil, do you? Uh, I'll try to check that out in the off season. Dear Teddy, they killed Teddy. You bastards. Wouldn't worry about ice, but they all overcome the government codes and the humans are dead meat. The two techies in the boonies remind me of the dumbass scientists in Prometheus. And on that note, let me check the text messages here. And we got one more. Te- Love this show, Phil. Thank you so much for turning me on to it. It's my favorite show on television right now. Uh, thank you so much. It's definitely one of my favorite shows on television too. Area code 78. Wow, it's my own area code. It's, it's someone right near me. So thank you to everyone that's checked out this podcast. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this, please hit that like button and subscribe button if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcasting means, please comment away or give us some star ratings to help the podcast get to so many other more people. Follow us on Twitter at I Got Issues Man on Facebook, Phil's Recap and Review. You can also find us on the Google on Google Plus on a Google Plus group, friends of Phil, Phil the Issues Guy. Check out the Discord group where you can keep the conversation going, and there's rooms for each show, so you can talk specifically about the shows. You can find the description, to, the links to that in the description box below. How all the different ways you can help out the channel and all of that. And again, on the podcast, if you haven't already, come to the YouTube channel, subscribe so you can see video versions of the podcasts. And, uh, and anyone who watches the videos know that you can also subscribe to the podcast and download these as just an audio thing. If you ever want to get really inappropriate in the car with me. So, 
<laughs> so everyone, again, thank you so much. And I will talk to everybody next time. I'll be back hopefully next week to talk some more Westworld and maybe back one more time this week for a roundabout show if I can have some have some time later in the week on possibly later in the week if I can figure it out. But if not, we will be back on Sunday evening to do The Walking Dead and then Westworld again next week as well. So we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Great fun. Uh, these violent delight. Don't say that out loud. Strange things happening. Yeah, Devin, sorry. We're, we're, uh, we're, I'm uh, finishing up the stream right now. Yes, like, share, subscribe. Check out Devin. Check out James of Thrones. Check out all of our friends. SM Down, great to see you, buddy. Have a great day. Excuse me while I switch something around. Mm, let me touch this. No, don't touch that. Touch, touch me right here, Phil. Hit the studio button. Yeah, that's right, baby. Hit that studio button. Oh, yeah. Awesome, sh awesome show because of you guys in the live chat and the sport that you guys show. Thank you so much. And uh, what the fuck song? Well, let's play, let's play, uh, let's play some dick torture because that's always fun. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want dick torture. I want this one. We haven't played this one in a while. Have a good week, everybody. Talk to you soon. I just realized when I do that, when I do the dog pound thing, I just have to thank Arsenio Hall for giving me the strength to masturbate properly. Thanks, Arsenio.